Welcome to a special episode of the Class Divide podcast series. We've decided to take a break from the core episodes this week, but for good reasons. I'm currently in the heart of the Lake District at the Outward Bound Centre in Oswater, and I'm here with the Crew Club, who we've mentioned before on this podcast. They've been a huge support to the Class Divide campaign. The Crew Club support young people and adults in Whitehawk, and they've been going for 25 years, and recently helped a group of young people form a youth council, who are also here in the Lake District with us. So I'm Darren from the Crew Club. We've pulled together a youth council and I think we've, we've got a good bunch of young people and well, now it's about exploring what that council can achieve and what young people can achieve by being part of it. And bringing them away is like part of the start of that process of getting them to jail as a group and getting them to kind of learn a bit about each other and explore things together and support each other through doing that. We thought it would be good to remind ourselves what this podcast series is all about and we wanted to share some hope and for you to hear some of the young people we're campaigning for. It's Tuesday afternoon and we've just come back from Thornhow Crag, nestled beneath St Sunday Crag, with a view over to Halvelin. Hi, my name is Angel. I'm at the Lake District and today I've done abseiling and rock climbing and I think it's really good because it's kind of like pushing me out of my comfort zone and giving me new skills and made my comfort zone a bit bigger. It's very different to my school life because I don't get these type of chances and experiences. Although my school did go to the Lake District but I didn't go. I couldn't afford it. <laughs> Hello, I'm Naomi. There's like loads of hills and like mountains we did a little jog and run yesterday, um, had a dip in a really cold lake, and it, the weather changes so quickly as well. It's so sunny and warm and then freezing. <laughs> it's really nice just like being here, everyone and the youth council, to having a good time bonding and stuff. Hopefully what comes from this week away is that they see themselves as a team, if you like, that can look at like issues and things that affect their peers and and help them achieve things that they want to do and, and bring things to the table so that young people have access to more things. When you look at the group of young people, you can see even now that there's so much talent amongst the group in the way that some of them take more leadership roles. I mean, they're very confident in what they're trying to achieve when they put their mind to it. And they're very good at supporting those that need that bit of extra support to, to help them achieve things. They're doing this with adults that want to see them succeed and want to see them thrive and believe that they can push themselves further than sometimes they're led to believe they can. I'm pleasantly surprised in that one, that the staff are a mixture of people that come from different backgrounds, but their, their approach has been very good because I think if you get the approach wrong, it just makes it a really long slog to make things work um, because it's that young people, they are out of their comfort zone and they are doing things that they wouldn't normally do. Tomorrow, for instance, they're going to be walking quite a long way to camp overnight and the weather's not going to be particularly great. In fact, it's going to be pretty horrible <laughs> but they're going to challenge ourselves and do that and I think you know we, we've been we've been doing an exercise tonight where they've had to pack all their kit and it's taken quite a long time but I think the process has worked really well and young people have you know achieved what they needed to achieve and they're ready and prepared for the what is challenge tomorrow. I'm most looking forward to um, a gorge walk which is basically like climbing up waterfalls. 
I think more kids from Whitehawk, East Brighton area should come and do things like this um, and just like get out of their comfort zones to like build character and have fun. I need to thank a few people for helping to make this happen. Obviously, this adventure couldn't have happened without the crew club, but we also need to thank the East Brighton Trust, the Set Restaurant and Butler's Wine for helping to fund this special week. We also need to thank the Outward Bound Centre in Oldswater for looking after us, especially when I was dangling on the end of a climbing rope a few hours ago. We'll be back to a normal episode next week, continuing with episode four, Losing Our School. Here's a teaser. I'm Curtis James, and you're listening to Class Divide, a podcast about education inequality, its impact on our poorest communities, and what can be done to make our school system fairer. I'm telling the story of schooling on the estate where I grew up in East Brighton, but this is a national problem that we'll see makes the idea of equal education for all and levelling up a disgrace. So far in the series, we've looked at the roots of the education attainment gap. We've heard how council estate communities become stigmatised and the impact this has. And we've met Carly Goldsmith and her brothers and seen close up how school can set children up for success or failure. I think there was two people in my year that we thought would get decent jobs, but the rest of us, we just accepted very early in senior school that we'd have to take them lesser jobs. And maybe we did think we were lesser people. I can't even begin to imagine what it must do to a person, to a child, to feel that. I didn't have that experience at school. Just this absolute certainty that we would all do very well, that we could go on to have successful lives in jobs that were high status, high paid. There was no notion that anyone could fail. Now we're going to zoom out and follow the fortunes of another key character in the last episode, my school, Stanley Deason, which had been renamed the College of Media and Arts, or Comart, by the time it closed. It's where I got my one GCSE, and it's where all of Carly's brothers went. I'm looking at how years of neglect resulted in the closure of East Brighton's only secondary school, also known as the school that died of poverty. How is that allowed to happen? And what does it say and do to a community when its only secondary school is closed? I think it's broken it a bit. They get on that bus and off they go and they're away from their community for the rest of the day, basically. It's criminal, this lack of commitment to working class potential. That's a powerful sort of destruction of something that's a symbol of hope. 